everybody my name is Joshua T Berglin and we are live right now on the live model worldwide multimedia broadcast network powered by e360 TV thank you guys so much for being here uh, that is the holiday season and I hope that you guys are uh, enjoying your family enjoying friends even in the time of crazy <laughs> um, but man I am blessed to have you here and I'm excited about our guest Amy Sinha today I think she's in the UK South Wales I think that's where she's coming from uh, you gotta love streaming because in the internet, in the interwebs, because it has allowed us to all connect with people from all over the world to hear amazing stories. And frankly, you don't have to fly anywhere to hear it. Uh, you can just link up online. It's it's so cool. Um, I want to give a shout out really quick uh, to State and Liberty. Thank you so much for your support of the show and uh, the suit. Um, I, I, I love working with them. They're amazing customer service. And if you're somebody that doesn't necessarily fit well into off the rack clothes, uh, this company is fantastic because the material that it's made out stretchy, you can even do some karate, you know, you can do all that stuff, but it's made in America, a great company, great customer service. And, uh, also other sponsor Pathwater. you can go to drinkpathwater.com. Use promo code Joshua T. Berglund. Actually, that's the promo code for everything. Is <laughs> Joshua T. Berglund. And um, listen, I'm very passionate, as I've shared over and over on every broadcast, in stopping plastic pollution. I don't even mind paying for plastic bags because we reuse it, and I wrap Christmas presents in it, and you know, and use and clean up the cat box and everything else. Um, but this company has a reusable water bottle. That is absolutely awesome. It's affordable. It's two bucks a bottle. And you can go to go to drinkpathwater.com. You get free shipping all over the United States, and you will even save 20%. Um, all right. So I love uh, learning people's stories. I love it. I love learning them in a way that um, is, well, I'm learning with you. Because I'm assuming that with a lot of the guests that we have on these, on these broadcasts, you're not necessarily familiar with them. So I get excited about it and I get excited about learning with you, along with you. So I don't have a huge history except for knowing a little bit about her story and it's pretty amazing. And, and, and you, you know, when you think that, man, my life sucks or I've been through some tough stuff and, 
you know, you think you, you've heard it all. And especially with my story. I mean, I wrote The Devil Inside Me with my wife. And, you know, my story is pretty crazy. And then sometimes it's easy to get caught up in like, well, no one would understand my story. And then you hear someone else's and then you're like, well, gum, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Like, that sounds awful. And then you see the success and you see how they're thriving in life. And it's like, wow, I can do that too. And it just takes you out of yourself for a moment. And so that's one of my favorite things about getting to interview people, especially from all over the world. So you guys are in for a treat today. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing with friends. Thank you for wherever you're watching on the Live Model Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, or you're watching on social media, listening to the podcast, or listening on the radio. Thank you. We, we are super grateful for your support. And uh, with that said, please welcome the one and only Amy Sinha. I think she's the only one. I've never made, met another Amy Sinha. Is there another Amy Sinha? Well, I was quite disappointed. I recently found out that there are two more Amy Sinhas. I I was devastated. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, so the one of the one of three Amy Sinha, everybody. <laughs> yeah. All right, Amy. First things first. What are you grateful for today? I am grateful. Well, obviously, I'm grateful for my family and friends. But as you said in your intro, I'm grateful for the internet and for cell coverage. Because <laughs> I don't think I would have got through the pandemic without either. Man, isn't that true? I, 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 I mean, in plus for like for us and what we do, my wife and I, online has made it's just created endless possibilities, especially as creatives. Um, so I, like, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for it every day and for all the problems that the internet and 5g may cause and have caused, it's also a tremendous blessing. And so, yeah, I'm grateful for that too. And then of course, grateful that we're able to even do this because without it, this is not possible. I mean, unless if I fly to the UK, which I can't wait to do now, where in the UK are you? Wales. Where's what? Okay. So describe what life in Wales is like for those that have never been there and have no clue. Well, okay. So first of all, it is next to England. We are four countries in the United Kingdom and Wales is one of the countries. Um, Wales is very hilly. There's a lot of sheep. Um, it rains a lot, but that is why the grass is always green. And we have amazing Welsh lamb, which I think we are exporting to you guys. Where in America, I don't know, but we are actually doing that, yeah. But I live near the sea, about 20 minutes from the sea, and we have some award-winning beaches where I live. So it's quite scenic and really, really pretty. It's just so rains a lot. <laughs> yeah, how does, it, how does a beach win an award when it rains all the time? Oh, you know what? People in the UK are really hardcore. We well, I'm not, but the rest of them, the rest of them are. They really don't care. Like my friends will go down the beach, and it's like zero degrees, and they're there walking their dog. They're like, "Amy, we'll meet you down there." And I was like, "No, I'm not coming." <laughs> so, yeah. You know what? I need to toughen up. Well, I, I I'm in Minnesota, uh, and it's the Arctic here. <laughs> it's like it's like living in in Antarctica. I think. Uh, so I mean, it's gorgeous, but in the winter it gets really cold and we're surrounded by lakes. So I don't, I don't know. I need to, I, I've kind of avoided the beach, but now I feel inspired to challenge myself. I'm going to go 
I think it's 10 degrees outside, 10 degrees Fahrenheit. I think I'm going to go to the beach after this and lay out and see what happens. I think you should take a risk. I think I'm lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I don't even know how to like dive into this, but you 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 had some challenges uh, growing up with your health, yes? Yeah. All right. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Because I don't want to, uh, I don't I don't want to butcher it and say the wrong thing, and you know, like, I'd rather hear it from you. Can you what, talk about that for me, if you don't mind? Yeah. So what happened um, when I was eighteen months old? I developed cataracts and had to have an operation in both eyes, but the surgeon managed to save a little bit of my eyesight. Uh, but then I had to wear really, really thick glasses since then. Um, it's kind of looks scary when I wear my glasses. I actually warn people before they see me. I'm like, please don't get scared, <laughs> quite big eyes. Um, and then after that, um, when I was four, I started hurting myself and burning my hands. And I was diagnosed with a rare syndrome called centuneuropathy type two when there was only five like me in the UK at that time. And this was during the eighties now. Um, and basically what it means is that I can't feel hot or cold anywhere throughout my body, only in my mouth. And I can't feel when I cut myself or, um, yeah, when I've injured myself because it doesn't hurt. So the only time I know is when, when I see the blood or when it gets infected and then it really, really deep. And then I can uh -oh. also meant that, I developed it was kind of like um osteoarthritis um and it kind of came to fruition well not my fruition but fruition in uh, reality um by the time i was like 12 13 uh, and since then i found it very very difficult to walk and move around but it also affected my spine and i stopped growing at the, the age of 11 so i've always been quite small <laughs> so, how, quite how, how, how tall are you four foot five okay so osteoarthritis is quite painful, correct? Yeah. So I, I'm trying to wrap my head around not being able to feel your hands and cutting yourself and then having osteoarthritis at the same time. That's got to be some kind of big mind F. I can't even comprehend that. What is yeah, can, you, well, can you even yeah. describe it? Um, it's just constant pain, constantly. <laughs> all the time um yeah that's the uh i mean maybe that's the only way i can describe it i mean the problem is when i hurt myself because i don't feel the pain um i'm not i kind of keep hurting myself with people obviously the pain is there to tell you that something is not right and just don't right. use it but with me because i can't feel it so i'll if i hurt my finger instead of just leaving it alone i'll constantly use it until maybe it's so bad that you know we'll probably have to put it in a splint so and it's just it's just something hurts all the time it's just it's just it's just constant i don't think i go through a day with without hurting somewhere or like standing up is really painful my back hurts like my my muscles hurt my joints hurt so it's just constant it's hard to explain to people unless you know you have you kind of gone through a little similar thing i think the only thing i can think of maybe to make it relative is if i mean i know people maybe have broken a leg or um, sprain their ankle or something and then you can't put pressure on it and just imagine that times 10 all the time okay but you're smiling <laughs> right I, okay so i feel like the biggest baby ever because i i don't i think i may have canceled once or twice on you because of covid like now i feel like a big old wimp 
And I. <laughs> well, I've never had COVID, so I can't relate to that. You're one on me. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> I don't. I mean, and then I just, I, I just can't comprehend. But your attitude, like where, like I mean, if I heard, you know, if I'm not, in, if I'm in pain, you know, like I'm moody and I'm hard to be around. I mean, heck, if the temperature. I, I, I could just think of all this stuff that I, I that gives me a reason where I don't smile and I'm mad and I'm upset about something or I don't feel good. So then my attitude sucks. And then here you are, you're constantly in pain, constantly hurting yourself, and yet you're smiling. How? <laughs> um, I think um, when you kind of have something when you're younger and you have to live with it, um, you kind of get this mindset. So. I don't I never wanted to be the type of person that kind of affected other people by my, by my moods. I always, you know, I never wanted to kind of spread negativity. That's not the type of person I am. So and I, I don't put anything on. This is me. This is natural. But whenever I'm in front of people, it's just I can't I can't unless I'm really, really, really in a bad mood. I just can't be negative towards other people. It's just it's just the way my mind works. So can I ask, what are the things that you do to help keep your mind strong and to help keep your spirits up? Because, you know, I mean, everyone, not everyone, you know, some people have a personal development pro uh, practice, some people have religion, some people, you know, uh, just, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, everyone has a different resource of how they get, get through life. Yeah. But for you, I mean, this seems like it would be constant mental warfare. And in one area that I think a lot of society has gotten pretty weak in is the mental strength, their mental capabilities to overcome and, and to not just follow the crowd, to find it within themselves, to go do the work, to be the best that they can be, whatever it be. A lot of people have just become blind sheep where they just follow the herd and they're going through the motions and they're not trying to achieve something greater because they're maybe they've got some trauma growing up or you know like they, they got their heart broken but when you're talking about pain pain is it affects everything so for you where do you draw your strength where do you build your your mental <laughs> to be able to keep going and keep to keep striving for greatness because it, it you you you're, you're accomplishing some amazing things in life um i think it helps to not think about it too much i mean when when your body doesn't move the way you want it to or doesn't act the way you want it to your mind kind of takes over and when since i was young i've always been kind of um very explorative can I say the word explorative um yeah. kind of is that the right word <laughs> that you say uh, to like kind of like the universe and what's beyond and have all these questions about supernatural things and I love science fiction you know quantum leap was one of my favorite you know, shows growing up so um so because I have all of these other things going on in my mind I try not to focus what actually is right now because I know when I do that I do get depressed and then I struggle I struggle with well what's going to happen because i can't do anything i can't move i can't go anywhere it's just life is really difficult so and then i just have to stop because that's just contradicting what i actually want to do which is have a life experience anything be successful as i can make myself 
not compare myself to other people because that is the that's probably the worst thing that you can do is compare yourself to other people where other people are how successful you think other people are because it's always what we perceive other people to be because we actually don't know what is actually going on in their life so kind of stop myself from doing all of that and just kind of focusing on myself and how I want to be in the present and in the future has have you found sharing your story uh have you found that to be empowering i have actually i mean i never i was never able to do this up until a year ago and in fact to the point when whenever you, people used to ask me about what happened when i was young i just couldn't i just, i literally could not say the words but it has because i feel like i can be myself there's so much throughout my life that i just haven't told people um about anything that was going on with me and i felt like i was hiding part of my life and i couldn't be real but like saying all of these things and just being honest, it's just like a whole weight has been lifted off and I can just be my quirky mad self. And if people like me, they like me. If they don't, you know, they don't, I've just accepted it. So yeah, no, it's, it's really helped. <laughs> so this may sound like an odd question, but with my own life, I look at like having HIV and having, you know, multiple personalities and, you know, all the, the different things that I went through, I, I've, I've been able to shift out of that to go, this happened for me. And I found that even with all of this crap in my past and, and even things that I have, I, that I carry with me now that I haven't been able to completely heal from yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. Um, and I believe that I'll be completely cured of HIV and when it's time. Um, but I, uh, but at the same time, I don't look at it like it's an illness. I, I look at it as a blessing because I get to use it and talk about it in a way that's empowering, not just for me, but other people, I believe. And it's given me purpose. So in a way, I feel like it's kind of fed into like my, it's given me a superpower, if you will. Right. Can you, are you at that place and this i don't want it to sound insensitive because it's such a debilitating physical pain in the ass but like have you been able to look at this as like this is a superpower for me um <laughs> i think um <laughs> i don't know i don't know i know that it's made me who i am um and i actually finally do like you know like who i am like that accepted who i am so i think if i hadn't gone through all of it if if i was say normal then i wouldn't have the perspective that i have and i wouldn't be able to help people and just people around me you know i i, I just came to realize that if i hadn't had all of these you know illnesses and and people around me hadn't gone through all the things that they'd gone through with me then they'd be missing out as well as you know i am so just for them like i always used to think that I was kind of a burden to, to my family mm. and friends. And that's actually the wrong way of looking at it because we're here. Well, I believe that we're here on this earth to experience and to learn and to grow. And if people don't come into contact with people with different disabilities, different types of people, different autism, et cetera, then they're never going to grow their expanding of knowledge. They're never going to be more em um, empathetic and sympathetic and just grow spiritually as a person. So I think more people, are experiencing more disabilities and we're becoming more aware of all of those things and we're learning how to interact more with people that are not like us and again this is just um expanding the world 
yeah. in the spiritual growth that I think we're on this journey now more than ever, especially with COVID. It's just really increasing. Um, but this is the world. We asked for this as a, you know, as a, as a world. So yeah, no, I, I think I, I don't, I don't regret, well, nothing for me to regret really, is it? But I don't like um, harbor any ill will to, to every, anything that's happened to me or anything that I have to go through. I mean, it is difficult. I'm not going to lie, but you know, I just have to move forward and try and help as many people as I can with, with yeah. what I have. <laughs> well, I mean, it, in, it, at least you've done that and yet you're, you're not able to help anybody in the way that you were created to help people without sharing your story. And there's so many people that suffer in silence because they go, they think they're think that they're the only ones going through it or no one would understand. And it's really the furthest thing from the truth. And, and maybe, maybe they don't are able to understand in a way that it's like, Hey, I've been through this too, but you know, someone could look at what you're going through and what you've gone through and go, well, she's living, she's doing what she wants to do in life. And why, why can't I? And, and like, I'm, I'm hanging on to this, this, this pain and I'm, and these secrets of, of whether it's on, you know, being abused or I'm an addict or whatever the struggle is, or it, it could be people, a lot of people are not open about HIV or they could have some other uh, disease that they're, they have shame around. And, and so they suffer alone. And so, and then you having the courage to talk about it, like it's encouraging to people. It's encouraging to me. Like I, I, I was fortunate. Um, I got to work with complex disabilities for 18 years, uh, ALS, muscular dystrophy, spinal cord injuries and things like that. And it really, I, I'm grateful for that because even though I was a junkie at that time and kind of a, a maniac, well, still can't, still a maniac a little bit. Um, but that part of my life, the thing that kept me a little bit grounded and, and just sane enough to, to have some emotion towards people at all was working with that demographic and, and getting to see day in, day out what, you know, a, a child or an adult with cerebral palsy goes through and how the family's affected. And like that really helped shape me growing up to not just have compassion towards differences, but also to go quit. I mean, quit feeling sorry for yourself, Joshua. <laughs> like what the heck is wrong with you? Like you, it could be so much worse and yet you're healthy and you have opportunity. You can turn this around. So I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I, but I've always found it inspiring when I see the skydiving. I know a guy that was a quadriplegic that was a uh, skydiving Elvis. And he would skydive in his wheelchair. Like, like that to me is inspiring. To, to what you're doing is inspiring. And speaking of that, you're an accomplished musician, yes? Yes, yeah. So I'm a Talk singer. Um, yeah, I'm a, well, I've been singing again since I was really, really young. Um, and I graduated from College of Music in Leeds doing jazz because I've always loved jazz since I literally can remember. Um, and then I started writing songs. Again, there's something actually I never thought I could do. So, but I did, I, I wrote my own album and then I collaborated with a record label in New York, releasing a couple of jazz singles. And then I kind of crossed over to country rock because I was obsessed with Nashville, the TV show. And I was like, oh, I have to do this. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What, so with jazz, is it you just sing jazz or do you play an instrument? 
I do play the piano. Um, I do play to accompany myself, not with jazz, uh, more with uh, pop music and country music. Jazz, piano, I, I never really got my head around, uh, but yeah, I can sing it very well. <laughs> How do you do that with your hands? Does it not yeah, hurt? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that this is the problem. So I've, I'll never be a like um, a professional concert pianist, and my hands are really small as well, and I can't um, I can't stretch them far enough for the octave, and, and and I can't really play them really fast. But I can do the the slower paced ones, and I love playing classical. I love playing classical music. So, but I have to kind of do it. To, I can't not do anything. Not doing anything kind of got me into the position I'm in in the first place. So you kind of have to keep moving things and just being a little bit active even if it's just for a smidgen <laughs> um otherwise it will just all seize up and i won't be able to do anything I, I i think that's amazing there's and there's something about just the my father was a musician and i grew up around it um and so i I'm, i've always been interested in it even though i didn't have any musical talent uh i started djing um i guess gosh around this summer and um even though it's not really you know playing an instrument you're still getting to play music and express yourself through the the board and and it in it there's something so amazing about that experience to be able to perform for other people and what to get them to dance or to have them you know in your case you know, whether they're dancing to it or just chilling and relaxing to it or, you know, just feeling it in their soul. There's something so powerful about it. And and it's just like I don't even have the words to express it because I don't really I don't, I don't call myself a musician by any means. But there when you get in that groove and that flow and, and then just the, the sounds that are coming out of what you are manipulating and creating it's it's just extraordinary it's just so neat you know and everyone's got a favorite song hopefully yeah. and you know how that favorite song makes you feel but when you're getting to 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 play it and make it happen and create that for other people it's just neat so i i'm always fascinated with musicians especially because there's something very very beautiful it's poetry in a way yeah, I know it is. And any way that you get to express yourself, even as a DJ, I think it's uh, it's amazing, isn't it? It's just it just gives you that kind of energy, and kind of uplifts you, and kind of makes you forget of all all your problems, or just even for a second, because uh, you kind of get into it. And music has that way of doing it. Um, it's affecting so many people, and you'll see so many kids, you know, with disabilities, extreme autism, they're blind, they're deaf, and yet with music, they can feel the beat. Or they hear the rhythm and they just they they respond. So there's mm -hmm. something magical about about music. What inspires you? What with music or just in life? In anything, anything at all. Um, what inspires me? Um, I think the people around me inspire me. I've got some amazing family and friends, and they do so much. I mean, my friends are all works with disabled kids, and you know, there's so much that that they do. And I, I, I'm just totally in awe with what they do. And they're just so, you know, they're just so um, dedicated to getting the best out of them. So I think that really does inspire me to kind of want to become better and, and do. And when I get into my kind of um, woe is me kind of mood, I kind of like look at what they're doing and, and see what they're, how, what, you know, reaction they're getting. So that, that does inspire me to kind of continue and, and keep going. 
I worked uh, when I was working with complex disabilities, pediatrics. I, I didn't really work with pediatrics until later because I didn't have I, I, I didn't have the stomach for it. It, it was it, it just seeing what some of these kids go through. It, it, it oh. And I and I finally toughened up and was able to start doing it. But I, I just and then I but I remember being around the therapist, the occupational therapist, the physical therapist, and the doctors that specialize in working with children. Um, and it's just like it's a you're it, it to me it's like looking at angels because it's it's a different type of challenge, and and it's. And, 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 and kids are not always able to fully express themselves in a way that helps you help them easier. So the creative measures that they go through to, to bring out the best in the children is just like, those are freaking heroes. <laughs> like, right. it's, yeah. I, one of my best friends, I just talked to him, uh, best friends growing up, just talked to him and he's still doing it. And he's like, man, I get kicked in the nuts every single day. I get bit. And he's like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. <laughs> like, you are the real MVP, sir, not me. Um, that's I think that's cool. So for you, like, what what are the things that you're working on now? Like, what's um, what's your Mount Everest that you're cl- trying to climb now? Obviously, I know that you have the physical stuff, but that hasn't stopped you from setting goals for yourself and striving for greatness. So, what's the new mountain? that you're climbing, uh, you know, that, that, that has you inspired right now? Well, throughout my life, I've always been a singer and I've always been very musical. So that's come really easily to me. One thing that I haven't been good at, or I feel like I haven't accomplished as much is the speaking aspect. And because I went through so much growing up, I was very shy, um, which did affect my singing and performance. Um, and I never felt that I had, um, I was very good at speaking and public speaking and things like that. So throughout the years, I've kind of tried to kind of um, gain more confidence and find my way to speak to random people and not be nervous. So now I've kind of I've kind of went into interviewing musicians. Um, I I can't I think I kind of it's really funny. So I put the thoughts out there and things literally just kind of happened to me. So I did that. I got some really good um, guests on my interview channel. And then about two years ago, I decided to go into voiceovers which I never really thought about. My sister kind of, um, I know, she goes, she kind of said, why don't you go into it? You can do it from home. And I was like, all right, okay. Yeah. And it really did resonate with me. So I kind of set up little equipment from my home and found a quiet space and just started to put myself out there. So I think my Mount Everest would be to um, be a voiceover for um, a big like car commercial uh, or an advert on TV or a movie, movie trailer. I would absolutely love that. Yeah. Have you considered, um, I forgot the website, but there's a website for people, and this is like a low-hanging fruit entryway into uh, the industry, but uh, video games, voiceover yes. for video games. Video games, right. So it's just, yeah, I, I have. So I've done, I've kind of done varied stuff because I didn't know really where I wanted to be, but I've done, right. um, I'm quite good at children's voices. So I've done a few animations as well. Um, so I'm kind of finding what I'm good at. I didn't know I was good at that. I have to be honest until I actually did it. I was like, Oh, I can do that. So it's kind of exploring new things, uh, which is kind of exciting as well and different accents and, you know, things like that. I like expanding my knowledge and learning, learning more. That's it's super cool. And that, again, going back to what we started with, with, you know, with online, it's made all of this possible because right. 
I we I got cast for a, a scripted podcast series, and I something happened at the very very end where it just never started. But I was so excited about it. But I was literally doing um, the cast. There's people in Australia, in the UK, all over the United States, and it just all of these different personalities and it was awesome it was like an airline it was scripted airline drama uh, oh, cool. for a podcast series so like kind of like the old-timey radio how that yeah. used to be yeah. where that's all the entertainment was is you'd listen yeah. to scripted radio plays it was that and it was so neat um but everybody had their studios and they're in the different parts of the world and it was just like oh my god this is so awesome um, I hope I hope that they revamp it and bring it back. I, again, I don't even know what happened, but it was like a, mm. it was going to be a, it was a major project, and it oh, just God. at the last minute, <laughs> crapped out. So, but that happens in entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> so that, if you haven't yeah, figured yeah. it out yet, um, it happens all the time. Yeah. So that's why you can't take it for granted. But it's such a, the the coolest thing, and I always admire people that. I mean, anyone that goes for their dreams in general, but acting, whether it's voice acting, commercial acting, movie acting, theater, like you have to really put yourself out there. And, and, and emotionally, it, it's, it's taxing because you're playing a different character. You're putting everything in it. You're trying to transform into someone else and getting in someone else's mind. And you do all this for the approval of getting the opportunity to get hired and so you deal with crazy rejection. It, it doesn't help your ego at all because no one books at 100. No one even books at 50%. I don't even know if, Tom, well, maybe Tom Cruise does. But <laughs> the percentages, it's just so hard. It's like winning the lottery. So I admire anyone to go for it. But I, I also love the fact that this is something that you just decided that you were going to do. And, and that's, I think that that's important for the audience that you, those of you that are listening or watching, I guess if you're watching, you're listening too. Um, but like, if you're an actor, like it's okay to branch out and do other things to start a talk show and doing interviews or whatever you're passionate about. Like, especially now, because I don't think you can go all in saying, I'm going to be a singer. You got to, if you're going to be a singer, you might as well act too, because it's really not that much different. And you might, like, you might as well start a talk show. You might as well, like, there's, there's a lot of opportunity, but we need to do that to diversify because going, everyone's kind of trying to do a lot of the same things. Everybody's got a streaming talk show now. Everybody, you know what I mean? So you got to diversify and you can't have all your eggs in one basket, but really, it's not as complicated as we make it sound because ultimately if you take it back to the one thing, so much of it is just really one thing. You're just expressing it differently. Yeah. And I think that I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think, I think um, if you're going to go into different things like that, uh, you kind of need time and practice. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people go into it, a lot of singers I've seen going into presenting and they're not very good because they haven't taken mm -hmm. the time to practice. There's, there's an art. You don't just become, yeah. you know, a good presenter. You don't just become a good singer. You don't, actors, the same thing. So I think it's exactly right what you're saying, but just take the time, I think, to kind of home your craft and kind of learn. Sure. And, you know, a lot of people like to think 
that they don't need oh they're, they're a really famous singer so i don't need to do anything so i'm going to be <laughs> a famous actress too but it just doesn't work like that you know it's no. just, probably like on this earth you'll never stop learning so you just have to keep learning and you know what the ego kind of bring it down <laughs> because you know a famous person can be famous for so long it takes one little thing they're right back down and then they have to build themselves up again so if you don't have an ego to begin with those people you know that helped you go up when you're back down again they'll help you come up again otherwise you're probably just gonna stay at a, at a back down so that's all you know that's, that's what i've yeah. learned over the years <laughs> no and you and you're right and it you're, you're right it does take a while to develop the skill for me uh well actually broadcasting is really what helped me learn everything else because you know one i wanted to learn about distribution and then you learn about product placement you learn about how you can you know when you're constantly looking to improve you find no, new paths to go down and new things to try or maybe just because somebody watches this interview they go oh my gosh you, Amy would be perfect for this role or oh you know I, I want her to endorse my product or I'd love for her to be a spokesperson for my hospital like like it just opens doors because yeah. you took a step in faith or you stretched yourself to try something new you know even if you mess it up it's like well yeah. sometimes that's where the opportunity comes from is the screw up yeah <laughs> you know what i had that i was um oh I, I used to do talent shows back when i was really young and for some reason i thought it was a good idea to do it when i was like 30 which was the wrong thing to do completely but <laughs> it was it was dreadful i have to say that was a really bad mistake on my part i say that but it was through that that i met this guy who was starting his own radio podcast and that is how i got into presenting because i would never have thought of it and I would never have done it on my own. So I have to actually be grateful for that horrible experience to have kind of had that um, opportunity to, to kind of diversify that way. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and that's the other thing, too. Uh, I mean, I love that you said that because I think about all of the opportunities that I've got that I've been able to experience. So many of them were created out of failure. So many were or or doing i mean just being straight up like doing grunt work that i didn't really want to do you know i i one of the things that i was doing because i with my mental uniqueness sometimes jobs or working for people is very challenging and we won't, won't go into all of that but like i i found a job working with a catering company or like it was an event company and and like it was doing it, whether it could, some days it could be waiting tables, some days it could be security, some days it was like busing tables, some days it could be anything. But it is, is like, I'm like, this sucks. Like, this is the worst freaking, I don't want to do this. But I, because I want, I needed to do it. But when I kind of shifted my attitude, I kind of opened my eyes to wait a second, I'm learning some very valuable skills, not the busing tables of valuable skill, but because I was going to events, I was, and I was paying attention to what was going on. I was actually learning event production while I was doing work I didn't want to be doing. And then, and I, and then because of that, it started open to doors for me getting to produce my own events. And I and like, but that started from basically cleaning people's plates. And so, I really believe that, I mean, for me, it's, it's, you know, it's God and 
and and I but I don't believe that anything's by accident. I don't think anyone we meet's by accident. And I don't even believe that the opportunities that we we get in life, they're not by accident either. They, they have a reason and they have a meaning and they teach you something that you are going to use towards your grand vision. And yeah. and so I've really learned to appreciate humble beginnings because they teach you something that end up being more valuable than the, even the bigger thing that you get to do. Absolutely. And people take that for granted. They, they, I mean, I think I used to do that. I used to look at the, the destination and I know they always say it's the journey and like, oh no, no, it's really not. It really is just the destination, but actually it's not. It really is the process of where you, you are and where you want to get to because it doesn't last because you'll get to that place and then they'll be right. Where do I want to get to now? Because you're never going to be happy just on, you know, that one goal. There's always going to be the next and then the next and that's okay. But just as long as you learn along the way and, and failure is never failure. It's just a chance to relearn something or to make yourself better or to make the situation better. So I think these, these, these things, these concepts that we have about, oh, I don't want to be starting here, or this is just menial work, or this is beneath me, actually really isn't, because it's happened for a purpose. You're right, we do Absolutely. meet people for a purpose. It's, 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 there is, all for a purpose. <laughs> Absolutely. What's the name of your interview show? Oh, no, well, it's not an actual show. What happened was, um, <laughs> saying the little thing there. So what happened was I started um, interviewing, doing audio interviews, with jazz musicians that came to Swansea. And this actually, Swansea is quite like Catherine Zeta-Jones, just to put it into perspective. Catherine Zeta-Jones is from Swansea and nobody really heard of it, to be honest with you, even after she was famous. Um, but for some reason, musicians seem to tour here. And I was kind of in that scene. So I, and within my first go, in all honesty, I got to interview people from like Ronnie Scott, um, the jazz club in London and some big American Jazz stars came down here, like Buddy Greco, who was, did Ladies of Tramp, utterly famous in the 60s, who I absolutely, absolutely loved. So it was like a dream come true to interview him. And then I also got to interview um, Clint Eastwood's son, Kyle Eastwood, who also came here, just, just on the top. I don't know how I got that interview. I got that interview without even trying, which was great. Um, so then I started my own YouTube channel. So it's a YouTube, it's a YouTube channel. <laughs> that all sounds interesting to me, though. I actually want to see it. What can you, what's the name of your channel? Tell everybody where, where they can find it. Yeah, so my, I've, got, I've got quite a few YouTube channels, but my interview and now my voiceover channel is called Miss A Sinha. That's S-I-N-H-A. So you can find everything on there, like the audio interviews, the, the visual interviews, and you can see how I progressed. So from, you know, when I first started to probably later on um, when I got quite, uh, quite good at it. <laughs> That's, I, I love looking back now because i mean i have a vision for the studio that uh, we want to build and all that but i look at like where we're at now compared to when we first started when we started on a phone and how it's just changed so when i see those old interviews and i'm like oh i just like want to go oh the camera quality is terrible the sound sucks and blah, blah but i you know but looking back, I'm like, well, one, I really enjoyed those interviews, but I am also so grateful for the progression and growing okay. and learning from it because it doesn't always look the same. And 
it's not always going to be perfect and it wasn't always perfect and sometimes it was frustrating and sometimes the quality was garbage but still showing up to do it anyway because i'm passionate about it and care about it and to see where god has taken us has just been it's the coolest thing and for me this is all i ever wanted to do well that and i wanted to be i uh wanted to be a qvc host where the home shopping network yeah. I wonder if you, I, I actually still want to be one of those guys um, because I love it. I love talking about products and, and how that they would benefit people and, you know, and just inform people and educate them on what, you know, what the pros and cons of things are. And like, I, I really, really enjoy that. So anyway, um, so pr tell everybody where they can find you, where they can support what you're doing. Um, and you've already plugged your YouTube channel, but I know that you have other things going on. So plug anything you want to plug. Oh, well, I'm just all over social media. If you just type my name in Amy Sinha or Amy Sinha voice, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm on clubhouse as well. Although I haven't been on for a while. Um, <laughs> just anything. Or you, can just... you what? Sorry. I didn't know that was still a thing. I, I never. I... I just didn't feel led to go over there, even though people kept saying, you need to go to Clubhouse. I have zero desire. Yeah, it was good when lockdown was happening because you could spend hours, and I mean literally hours, talking and not even doing anything around you. Um, so that was quite bad. But now they're starting to copy what Clubhouse is doing. I've seen Twitter doing some sort of yeah. like SpaceX or something. So everyone is starting to incorporate the audio um, element to it because they realize that people can be themselves just on their voice when nobody can look at them um i think it's it's got its pros i think it's going to have its negative as well but for now i think people are really into that audio which is great <laughs> i i haven't ventured there even though i like to use my voice i i don't know i you only have so many hours in a day and yeah. i mean my philosophy like i i just believe in i we're we're you know we have our own network and our focus is towards, you know, really more our operating out of what we own and in that space and building it there. And we obviously have our own vision and the things that we're building technology wise behind the scenes. But, you know, it's just like, I'm exhausted after, I don't even like looking at my Facebook anymore. It's gotten to this point. And uh, look, I just don't enjoy it. I love Twitter, even though I have no, I don't really have a real following there, but it's my favorite platform for some reason. And I can't figure out why. Um, but you know, but you're it's restricted just, to a number of letters, aren't you? With Twitter. Do what? You, I, I find Twitter hard because I can't say everything that I want to say because it won't let me, it restricts me. So I don't, why do you Well, I'm a talk show like, host and I can be long winded and I'm also a speaker. So I'm used to just being able to talk for hours without like without planning. Like it's just yeah. my, you can call it a gift, I guess. Um, I, I just have the gift for Gab. And and I, so I can do all that. Twitter keeps me from being long-winded. So I'm, I'm learning the skill set of getting what I need to say said is in a short amount of space as possible. So anyway, that, that I'm also more of a troll on Facebook, I mean on Twitter than anything else. Like the, the more sinister side of my personality that likes to tease and harass people shows up more there than other oh, places. So anyway, um, Amy, listen, I, I'm super grateful for you. I really enjoyed this. I'm going to be keep, I'm going to keep following your journey and, um, 
thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. God bless you. Thank you. Amy Sinha, everyone. Thank you guys so much for watching. She's so cool. I, I really liked her. I love her attitude, too. Uh, you guys have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, Festivus for the rest of yous. Um, yeah, Happy Holidays. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for sharing this with your friends. And uh, y'all be blessed. Did that work? Hold on. Before I end, this is also one of our sponsors, Bod by Allie Covington, one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. Uh, I love her, and she's incredible, and she's invented an amazing technology. So this commercial, she's a new sponsor, this commercial uh, talks a little bit about, or just is kind of showing what this is about. So I'm going to start it over and not butcher it, and I'm gonna remove my face, and we're gonna be done. <laughs> Merry Christmas, God bless you. Thank you for your support. Remove yourself.